and welcome to Grace Unscripted, where we share stories of the people in and around Grace Church without any script, just real, raw conversations about life change through Jesus. I'm your host, Audrey Wallace, and today's conversation is with our pastor, Donnie Varney. He's the pastor of sports ministry here at Grace. He's been here for just about a decade now as we go into season 10 of game day. And his story really shares the power of breaking a cycle. He shares how he was surrounded by women in his youth, and, and we'll learn what that meant for his story. Um, the power of mentorship, whether it's a coach or anybody in his family that had an impact on him, um, the mentorship and, and coaching that he received and he, and he took into his heart and used even to this day in the ways that he serves at our church. And also the power of God using gifts within us and his competitive nature and, and how that can be used for eternal purposes and, and maybe overcoming the ways that the world could use those gifts and using it for internal impact and how all this ties together into Donnie's story that I think you're going to love hearing today. Hey, Donnie, welcome to Unscripted. Hello, Audrey. It's great to be here. <laughs> Very excited to learn more about you um, because you showed up in Akron, what, a decade ago? Almost a decade Almost ago. Almost a decade ago. Yeah, nine and a half years. Like you came out of nowhere and you just you just dropped into Grace Church and started our sports ministry. We're not going to go there now. We're going to start at the beginning okay. of, of Donnie Varney's life. So where did you grow up and what was your home like and what was Donnie as a kid like? So I grew up in a small town called Midland, Michigan. Okay. I was born and raised there for my first 22 years of life. So that's that's. So should where we pause here up. and ask if you're a Michigan fan or an Ohio State fan? Yes, I am a Michigan fan. Wow. So okay. Deep breath, deep sigh. <laughs> Let's get that out of the way. Just get we that forgive out of the you, way. and we'll move forward. As a family, we've been able to adopt most uh, Cleveland sports, but yeah, the Michigan Ohio State rivalry. I respect um, that. Yeah. You you go with your roots. Yeah. And I think that's that's valid. That's been consistent. I mm-hmm. think just about everyone would say they would have not a lot of respect for me right. if I did like yeah. abandon. Right. I, I would be up, like so. an Ohioan starting as a Michigan fan. Why yeah. would you do they that? Would, so. They wouldn't do that. Here so. we are. Yeah. Good. Okay. So Midland, Michigan. Yep. Michigan fan. Yep. And, and what was your childhood like? So um, I grew up with uh, my surrounded by women. So mm. I uh, grew up with my mom mm-hmm. and my grandma. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple years later, um, had a sister. Mm-hmm. So it was me and, and those three women, mm-hmm. no, no dad really in the picture. Okay. Um, so yeah, we had very humble beginnings. My mom uh, worked uh, full time uh, as a housekeeper. Um, making basically minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot to, to say about mm-hmm. that as mm-hmm. far as my, my upbringing. We lived with my grandma. Okay. Uh, my parents, uh, I did have a dad. Uh, they, they were My parents were divorced when I was about four years old. Okay. Um, he wasn't my biological father. I didn't find that out until about age 16 that wow. I actually had a, a biological father. So I ended up wow. meeting him in my 20s for the first time and only time okay. I met him. Uh, we maybe can get to that yeah. later, but uh, yeah. that was a significant part of my story growing up. But um, my mom had uh, had an abortion uh, before she um, had me, and she had scheduled to have mm. uh, me aborted as well. And she 
she the way she would say it, I don't want to put words in her mouth, is that she just, the, the appointment was made, she was prepared to, to go mm-hmm. through with it. Um, she even had support from several people in her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because of decisions she had made, she she would have been told that the responsible thing to do mm. would to go through with it. But she just felt like she she needed to to have me. Obviously, mm. I'm I'm here. So wow, um, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. So um, and then it was soon. It was right around that time she had my story. For the most part, is my mom. Mm. She would be like the cycle breaker in our mm. family. There there would be no generation after generation after generation. Of, of nobody even thinking about Jesus or God or mm. the church. Her first 20 years of life never once wow. went to church. Um, I think there was, I think she said there was one time that someone had, had, had brought her as a, a teenager, like one time. But mm-hmm. besides that, she would have almost no concept of, right. of anything. Wow. She would talk about how, like, when they would talk about, the baby in a manger. She just had no clue, like what it that just whole was fairy thing was. tale or like yeah. something so far away or the story like yeah. Santa yeah. or anything else like like that. Right? Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yep. So um, just prior to me being born, the 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 boyfriend that she was with at the time, she's like, you know, I feel like there's just something more to this life, but I just don't know really what it is. And he said, you you need to go to to this church. They they preached the word, I think, is like how he would have said it to mm-hmm. her. And so she decided to do, and he's like, I, I hate to say that because I think probably what that means is that, you know, we're not, we're no mm-hmm. longer going to be a thing. And that was true. She went to that church, heard the gospel for the very first time. She walked down an aisle, gave her life to Christ. And it was around that time that, you know, I was born. And so I grew up with a a mom who was kind of figuring out wow. on the fly what all this meant, but she was deeply committed to exposing me and, and my sister to 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 God, to the Bible, to church, to Sunday school teachers. She ended up sacrificing everything you could imagine to send us to a Christian school, mm-hmm. to have us go on youth group activities mm-hmm. and missions trips, um, all while... Um, literally living on almost nothing. She wow. just put everything uh, towards um, towards us having those yeah, experiences. A so radical, I, I radical owe, lifestyle change yeah. and sacrifice. Yes, yes, wow. yeah. I lo- the idea of sacrifice, I for sure would have like learned all of that from mm-hmm. from my mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned grandma and living in grandma's house and based on the cycles, what was that like? Did she experience the same transformation your mom did or was this part of her life as well? Yeah, that's a great question. She did. Um, it wasn't till um, <clears throat> my mom was for sure the first person that would have like came to faith in Christ. And I would have had aunts and uncles, a grandma, a grandpa, some cousins, and some other families, and we just like all family members, and, and we would all the time, you know, pray for them. And for the most part, my mom just lived what she believed was the right way to live. Um, and over time, each and every one of them uh, came to, to, to faith in Christ, wow. my, my grandma included. Uh, many of them wouldn't have necessarily um, had, I guess, as 
radical of a mm-hmm. transformation as my mom did mm-hmm. and, and maybe didn't get as plugged in and mm-hmm. involved in, in, in the church. And, mm-hmm. and I think they would have, I would just say they missed out on, on some of the those, of, the, of those, yeah, some of those things, sure. but, but all of them, um, I think through my mom's, um, transformation, wow. saw the, the power that Jesus can, can have in Amen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What, what an amazing story. Okay. So, um, mom and grandma, you mentioned a sister came along, you're figuring things out, mom's sacrificing Catholic, uh, Christian school. So talk more about as you're getting older into your school years, what that was like for you and, um, what were you involved in and what yeah. was that like? So I was at a, in a public school from, you know, kindergarten through third grade. And again, slowly but surely, my mom started to like make some very calculated decisions of, um, I, I want, you know, my son and my daughter to, to, to have these experiences. So she made that, I, I, that was probably one of the few times I remember just being so upset at my mom that she was going to send me to a, a Christian school. Mm. I just did not want to have anything to do with it. Um, in but third grade, like yeah, in third, third grade, grade you had I was that just kind like, of reaction. I, yeah, to it. I was, I just did not want that. I wasn't against the idea of, um, uh, Christianity or Jesus. I, I, I was already, uh, following Jesus at that point, but, um, I think it was more of just like the change of going to a different school, True. Yeah. but it was the best decision ever. And, um, I, I could go on and on of all kinds of different coaches and, and mm. teachers and, and godly influences. I I would not like necessarily agree with everything that I was taught and the environment and the the culture of some of the things that I had um, with my church or with my Christian school. But what I can say for sure is that these all were very loving, godly influences that um, had the very best interest in mind in me and took an interest in me and invested in me and loved me. Mm. And um, to this day, I have books of the Bible that, you know, I've memorized or in the back of my head because Mm -hmm. of, and uh, the discipline of having my devotions came from my seventh grade uh, Bible teacher mm-hmm. who rewarded us and took us to Ponderosa, <laughs> oh, Ponderosa. Um, if we were to like read, you know, the Bible and, and journal that. And if we did that enough times, then we got to oh, go to gosh. Ponderosa Steakhouse. Not Dairy with her. Queen, yeah. not no. not like uh, Ponderosa. Ponderosa <laughs> Unlimited and, Buffet. And, and that was my. That was a. I'm very simple-minded, so I think a lot of those things when it comes to, like, incentives or, like, hey, here's a goal, here's a target. And so when you attach that time and time again to things mm. like we want you to have a relationship with Jesus and, 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 and do these things and we'll reward you for it, that just really was – I, I resonated way. with yeah. me. I don't think it works for every kid, but for me, that extrinsic motivation mm-hmm. eventually – turned into intrinsic motivation as I realized like, wow, the Bible is like the real deal. Mm -hmm. And this is, um, and even to this day, I look back and there's so many things that I could question about. I I was almost like set up for sure to, to be doing what I'm doing. And it could be easy to say that um, none of it's real because it was just always there in my life. And so I've have, had to many times look back and remind myself, I think I've just been just ridiculously blessed with mm. all of those things. And 
it has been real all along the, mm-hmm. the way. And I've had to come to those conclusions on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so. Okay. So you mentioned coaches. So yeah. I know that can be a powerful thing in your youth. And being that you're the pastor of sports ministry, is there anything specific or significant that you remember? from? And also maybe from a male leadership and spiritual leadership perspective in your childhood? Mm-hmm. What, what's some stories there? Yep. So I had some, I had some good coaches and some bad coaches. I kind of, I think looking back, I, but here's what I could, could say is I learned very quickly the power and the impact for good or for bad Mm -hmm. that a coach can have. Mm -hmm. And so my days would be up or down based off of my, um, athletic experiences and mm-hmm. my, my coach, my coach was having a bad day. I felt like I kind of would uh, internalize that mm-hmm. if, if he was having a good day or he felt like I had a, a good game or a good practice, I would internalize that. Um, I wouldn't put too much of that on, on any one of my, mm-hmm. my coaches. I think they were all great, but there is a reality that like, man, your, your coach can, um, they, they hold a lot of times the power of like a sport that you're particularly dialed into something that you're wanting to improve mm-hmm. in and something that you're committed to. And, and so, yeah, there was a lot of coaches throughout my middle school and high school that, that did have a, an impact on my life. And I learned a lot from them, uh, you know, both, both good and, and bad, you know, even just like our, our kids are going to pick up things from our mm-hmm. parenting and they're not sure. all good. So, right. um, and were they all Christ centered because you were in a Christian yeah, school? Yeah. Okay. All of them would have been Christ centered. Like for teammates. Sure. And, and again, imperfect flawed humans in all of these spaces between your classmates and in your teammates and your coaches and teachers and all that stuff. But yeah. the influence was there. Yeah. And through high school, there was um, so I didn't have a father. I mean, literally, if if we went back to like even some of my relatives, I got exposed to so many horrific things um, mm. from an early age that wasn't ideal, wasn't great. It certainly would have given me the wrong. Imp- I would have had not a lot of hope in males mm. um, growing up. Um, my not my biological father, but the the father that mm-hmm. I would have thought of and, and mm-hmm. called my dad. Um, I would have, you know, uh, I, I can to this day remember being in the back seat of his car and seeing all of these like cartoon books, they, and they were pornographic mm. cartoon books that were there, just the weirdest thing, mm. and uh, showing that to him and being like, "What's this?" and and him giving me an answer that was less than satisfactory, right. and uh, my grandpa would have. Um, uh, had uh, an affair that um, just completely rocked our family and ended up just s- staying with that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. woman and uh, while still being married to my grandma. It was a really weird dynamic. So wow. that, like I was saying, with my I, I grew up with my grandma and my grandpa would come and, and visit us all the time. They stayed married, but he didn't live with us. So he was like with the this other picture of marriage family. is not real clear. Correct. In, in like, your yeah. youth and your upbringing, which is your basis of reality and truth. Yeah. So there was a lot of rebuilding or building for the first time. Yeah. That I, I would occur. figure that out through the church, through the school, through youth group, through other influences. There was a guy by the name of Wayne Nash who, for no real apparent reason, just took an interest in my life. I think he had three or four daughter so mm. he never had a son but he did a great he did this with a few few guys I found out later but 
he just like basically looked at me and said, I want to invest in you. And so I could count, uh, I, I would have countless memories with him where he would take me to a Detroit Pistons Chicago Bulls basketball mm. game or we went to this Detroit Tigers baseball game or mm-hmm. he brought me to his house and surprised me on one of on my 16th birthday. I remember him doing that and coordinating and figuring out all my friends to come mm. and do that. And he would take me on different retreats and different experiences. Um, he was my, I don't know how many people would be familiar with Awana, but he was like mm-hmm. the Awana commander mm-hmm. at our church. And oh, I think wow. he, he saw he saw me as mm-hmm. a five, six, seven, eight year old. And Aww. I think it was right around that time he knew I didn't have a dad and he just decided to uh, invest in me in, in mm-hmm. that way. Um, and to this day, he's, he's still here on earth. He's, mm-hmm. I think, uh, 80 now, but wow. I, I try to thank him at least once a month and just remind him of the impact he had on, mm-hmm. on my life. Absolutely. Um, and then my youth pastor was another significant impact in my life as mm-hmm. well. So uh, my mom would, from a time perspective, she was not able to mm-hmm. spend nearly as much time as she would have wanted mm-hmm. to have spent with me and my sister uh, because she was working full time. And then she would work on the weekends mm-hmm. just to like make ends meet. Yeah. But she was kind of behind the scenes doing everything she would know to do to put us in the right kind of environments mm-hmm. for us to sort of pick up all the things that she would she would recognize w- were lacking mm-hmm. um, in terms of like the foundational picture of mm-hmm. a healthy marriage and even some of our, mm-hmm. our family structure. So, mm-hmm. Well, and you mentioned at 16 that you discovered that there was a biological father that you had not been aware of. Yeah. As much as you want to go into that, like what... 16 years old for a male is such a pivotal maturing and found foundational building time. Like how did that change your life or your perspective? Yeah, it, um, it was shocking. Um, and it might be, it might say more about my personality for good or bad, but it didn't like, it didn't seem to just change everything like in some ways I'm like I guess that would kind of make sense Mm -hmm. and um, I think it was more of like wow I I just I had no idea Mm -hmm. and some of at 16 it didn't hit me as much as it did in my mid-20s I think it took Mm -hmm. me about 10 years to and even my wife Becky's like you have to you've got to meet him Mm -hmm. and I'm like no I don't need to meet him he's like he's he's literally like in your, your dad, like he's in your veins. Yeah. Like you might learn some things. You just yeah. one conversation, you have no idea. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, all right, I will. So literally one day I looked him up, didn't even give him a heads up that I was doing this, found out where he lived, knocked on his door, introduced myself. And my mom had told me, she's like, Donnie, just so you know, there's a chance he might not even know wow. like that you exist. So just like be prepared for that. I think he does. So your mom was aware you were going to go. Yeah. I told her, and she was like, yeah, I think if you want to do that, you should do that. Wow. So I did it, and uh, I did learn a lot. Uh, I found out uh, there was a hand uh, – like, I have I, – my ears kind of, like, stick out, and I looked at him. I'm like, oh, look at, look at that. Like, I, there, there, there's where that comes from. <laughs> what a little detail. Just you a know? detail. But, it, but it's, it's funny how it's, it's funny how that stuff, like, actually ma- – I wouldn't think that would matter, but I'm like, there's my dad, and there are my ears, mm. and I'm glad that I've met you, even if it was mm. like that. And he talked wow. about he was a, a pool shark. He, like, uh, gambled um, all the time at different 
bars and whatnot, and he was, like, amazing at pool. And I tapped into that a little bit try, to try to figure out more. He's like, Donnie, I'm just – I was one of the most competitive people you would know, and I just hated to lose. And so that just dro- – he's like, I just that just drove me to make sure that I was mm, just awesome at pool. And I'm like, well, you know, I feel – I'm ultra competitive, and, mm-hmm. and some of that came from that. But what I also – found out in that hour that I was mm-hmm. there at his house as I saw hundreds of beer cans scattered throughout the house and just ashtray after ashtray and just uh, a, a, without being judgmental mm-hmm. about those things, I just picked up on an environment that I, it was very obvious. It was a reminder of what my mom mm-hmm. had like turned away Got from. And just imagining <clears throat> what my entire upbringing would have been had God not um, transformed my mm-hmm. mom's life and if I would have grown up with that. And I, I didn't mm-hmm. have all that. So. And you had the opportunity to see his real nature because sometimes if we know someone's coming, we would clean it up and polish and make yeah. sure that what we want them to see would be what they received when they got there. But you got you had the opportunity to see the real, yeah. here, here's how I live, yeah. perspective of, of him. And, and, I mean, like, thank God for him and the things that he gave you just even through your blood and the ways that you've been able to use that. But, yeah. wow, so you said that's the one and only time that you interacted with him? Yeah, we um, talked one other time at, like, the next year at Thanksgiving time. He decided to call me. Um, mm-hmm. I gave him my number, and he wanted just to talk a little bit, and so we talked, um, and it was good. But uh, that was it, you know. I, I kind of felt like there, it, it would have, it just wasn't something that I felt like I was going to be able to, to carry on too much of. I felt like for that relationship, I, I got what I needed from it, and I was able to. The, I also was able to share with him mm. my faith in Jesus. At that time, I was a youth pastor, and his comment was, what the F is a youth pastor? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, he didn't say F, though. <laughs> you say, um, thanks for asking. And Here's I'm like, what, exactly so I'm like, okay, what it is. So I talked through that. Mm-hmm. So he had like almost like no context of any mm. of that either. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh you know, and I took things, I think, as far as I could in the two conversations I had with him mm-hmm. and was able to clearly share with him, mm-hmm. this is, you know, what things, what uh, what Jesus means yeah. to me. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So we, we jumped ahead. You mentioned Becky already, but when, yeah, did, you, when did you and Becky meet, um, you know, through college or? Yeah, yeah. We, we met at college. So I grew up in Michigan. She grew up in uh, Baltimore area, Maryland, Pasadena, Glen Birdie, Maryland. Um, we both kind of went to the same kind of Christian schools where there was a, a handful of uh, Bible colleges and universities that would have um, kind of gone to all of the same Christian schools kind of throughout the U.S. Mm-hmm. is how I would try to describe it um, for why both of us would end up landing at a relatively small Bible college uh, up in uh, nowhere, <laughs> northern Wisconsin, but we did. <laughs> and so here wow. we are, it's like about a thousand students, maybe even a little bit less, and um, and we both, uh, There's a, it's a long story, but um, there was another person that was at my school and church growing up 
Um, her name was Holly, and she would love the fact that I've even mentioned her <laughs> this podcast because she loves to take credit for the fact that we're together. But she ended up being roommates with Becky their okay. freshman year. And so Holly's circle of friends was um, similar to some of my circle of friends. And so I think it was through that that I got to, to know Becky. But So Becky and I were literally f- just – we were just great friends for three years of college. And then by the time we – as I was about to graduate, I was like, I think I want to marry this Wow, girl. friends to marry. It, it, literally, we dated for like a month. Oh, my gosh. And then we got engaged, and um, I was a year ahead of her, so um, we waited till she graduated. So our engagement was like over a year. Uh-huh. But um, we were friends for a very, very long time, and then we were both like, yeah, I think – we want to spend the rest of our lives If together. it could happen that way for everyone, wouldn't that just be great? It, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It seems like a, a wonderful way to friend first yeah. and then both mutually decide at the yes. same time. Yes. That's so fair. that worked out very well. Mm-hmm. She played soccer there. I played soccer. I had the number 19. She had the number 19. Oh, also a coincidence. We got, married on, we got married on June 19th. As we are doing this, we're on our 19th anniversary. So 19 is a... Oh, it's a wonderful that, that's number. Our, that's our number. It's yeah. a wonderful number. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's amazing. Yep. Okay, so you got married when she graduated <clears throat> college, and you're still in Wisconsin? Uh, yep, we're still – well, we're in Wisconsin at the time, and then when we um, – uh, and there is one key pr- – so all – I had a lot of great coaches, so not, nothing I'm about to say about this person is a negative on my other mm-hmm. coaches, but um, he, he – w- there is he is the reason for just about every, he connected so many dots of everything I experienced kind of prior to athletics and coaching and moving forward on like how to he was like the example and the influence and the person I think I didn't know I was looking for but I was looking for in terms of using sports to mm. like impact uh, people's lives his name mm-hmm. is Josh Beers and um he was my college soccer coach and I owe just about everything to him. He wouldn't even, he would like laugh when I would say that because it's not as if we were like best friends or I spent this enormous amount of time with him. Mm -hmm. It was just his life. It was his example. Mm. And I just had the privilege of getting to like see it for like, he was only there at that college for four years. It was the four years that I was there. Um, And he took this idea of like being a coach of a men's soccer team and just did infinitely more with it than simple. He was a great coach. He was an awesome coach. But um, those relationships were what mattered to him. And so he invested in each and every single guy. I, I saw him invest in even other. I learned so much even from seeing him invest in some of my, my friends or some mm, of my teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was so busy. He had he, Everyone loved him. But he would... He was a true speaker. So somehow mm. this guy full of grace, mm. full of passion, full of patience, full of forgiveness uh, would be known as saying things like losers make excuses, winners find solutions. And so he would hold you accountable mm-hmm. um, and he would he would say it like it is. Mm-hmm. And like I just needed that in my life and I love that. Um, but everything he did pointed us uh, to Jesus. And so... Um, at that point, I was wanting to. I was like a, a secondary ed, phys ed major, English minor. Um, the only reason I chose English was because I liked to write poems. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll go for that. <laughs> um, and I, my dream job would have been 
what I thought would be to maybe like be an athletic director of a Christian school or to mm -hmm. maybe eventually be like a, a men's soccer coach of a, of a Bible college, um, maybe a youth pastor. But uh, it's kind of laughable now. I mean, there's like so many, you know, other things out there. But I, I do think it goes back to, to my mom. And like it's it literally would have been almost the only thing that would have made sense to me, given just the environment that I grew up in. And, and like, I just want to do... I want to do that with my life. Mm -hmm. and um, But Josh Beers would have been the one who, like, sealed the deal. I'm like, yes, that's actually really yeah. what it looks like. Yeah. And so if I could somehow be involved in ministry and have sports be a part of it. Now, I didn't even – I literally didn't even know there was such thing as, like, a sports ministry. Right, because I heard now. you say youth pastor yeah. and soccer coach. Yep. Which are two separate things right. typically in this world. Sure. They're not the same thing. Right. Right. Yep. <laughs> and but yep. then what what came from there? Yeah. So I ended up being a, a I was heading down the education realm with a just I was like hoping I could like coach a boys soccer team or, or something, but you know, what ended up coming from it was I was a youth pastor for nine years. Those same nine years I was also um, the varsity boys soccer coach at a Christian school. Living the dream. Yeah. That's it. it. So I was doing both of those things. Um, and it was a smaller church. So I also like literally did um, so many other things. I was like the outreach director. I was the kids director. I was the Iwana leader. Okay. I was the Jolly Seniors bus driver. <laughs> I, I was the one doing the website for the church, which is, I mean, if the you Jolly knew me. Jolly Seniors bus driver? Yeah, that's, we that, need that ministry at Grace. Seniors. Can we start that, please? It's a, it's a great ministry. So I love it. I did that. Um, and uh, you like did all the things of these people that impacted you. It sounds like yeah. Awana. And oh yeah, like yeah. all those things you just yeah. were serving it. Away. Yeah, I, I, if you think about like all the different kinds of roles that might exist in a church, I kind of in some way wasn't was doing a lot of those things. Mm -hmm. there, there was a handful of things. Were you they, also the sweeper on the soccer team? You just uh, kind of like did a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I was. Uh, a little bit Go of everything. Go-to guy. A little yeah. bit of everything. Yeah. Awesome. So, so that was for nine years. Nine years. And yep. that was still in Wisconsin? That nope. That was in uh, West Virginia. Oh, okay. So yeah. we're traveling around a little bit more. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's where that took us. Mm -hmm. uh, just outside of Charleston, West mm -hmm. Virginia. So we we're there for nine years. And this is the part where um, Josh Beers, my my college soccer coach, that once again, this is the these are like the reasons why it just solidified in my mind that he really was the example that I thought he was. Mm -hmm. When I was at a point where I was pretty confident, I really wanted to, to take another step in my ministry career, if you want to call it that. And I wanted to be a, a college soccer coach for a, 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 a Christian university mm -hmm. or Bible college. But I felt like I had no chance. I didn't really, have, I, all I, all I could say is I, you know, you know, coach high school boys, you know, I got some certifications and some coaching licenses and, and stuff like that, but I really didn't feel like I was going to be able to do it. But I called him up and I asked for advice. And I'm telling you, he spent dozens and dozens of hours with me on the phone, working through my resume, working through networks, working through connections, helping me to think through a coaching philosophy, 
helping me to uh, try to factor in what colleges would be good and what ones wouldn't. Here might be an opportunity. Like just though this, and this just kind of represents the kind of guy mm-hmm. he is. And I'm telling you, he's he also has a full time job yeah. and an awesome and family. not a vested interest and, in and this And so point. many other things. Yeah. So I'm trying to do that math. I'm like, I just can't believe you're doing this for me. Mm-hmm. I just was just so thankful. So he helped me. Um, some of us might be familiar with a college named Moody Bible mm, yeah, Institute. Yeah, heard of that. So they had a coach that was um, retiring, and he was going to be a uh, it was a men's soccer coach position. That was like a third of the job description. And the other two-thirds, and this is the first time this seed got planted in my mind, was for people who were involved in sports ministry. And it was like a sports ministry and lifetime fitness. I would be uh, teaching these classes. Um, and I'm like, again, I'm like, well, I'm certainly passionate about it and I can point to some of these different experiences, but I didn't know if I'd really fully be qualified, but it seemed like the dream job for mm. me. So there was like, um, I think there was like 40 or 50 people that applied for it. They mm-hmm. narrowed it down to 20 and I was in the top 20 and they were doing all these different interviews and then they narrowed it down to the four and I'm in the top four, Whoa. narrowed it down to two. I'm in the top oh, two. Man. And I was very impressed with like how, uh, serious they were taking mm-hmm. this. And at this point, I was very convinced, like, I was getting this job. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, you know, they went with um, somebody else, the, mm. the other guy. And I would say, and I think my wife would agree, uh, that was w- for sure top three most devastated mm. uh, times in my life. Wow. And I think it was, I felt like I had probably let down Josh Beers. Mm. And I felt like, and I just, I don't think I'd ever actually put that much effort into something. Yeah. And I already didn't believe that I could do it. Right. Um, so so the that fact close. that I, I got a taste of like, I think it's actually mm-hmm. going to happen. And my all of my, you know, ministry mm-hmm. dreams are going to come true. And this is what we're going to do. And so it was a very, very, uh, uh, I, I struggled with that yeah. for a while. Um, and so through that process, I'll sum it up real quick. Um, uh, the college that uh, Becky and I both had graduated from, one of our ref- one of my references was um, was the president of that college, and mm-hmm. so I guess he maybe found out that I was doing or trying for that, mm-hmm. and he offered me this job to be a student life director okay. at that college, which is overseeing um, it was an entire student life department. So like think of like student activities and the. Dean of students yeah. and dean of men and dean of women and mm-hmm. ladies dorm supervisor, resident assistants, and just the the entire social aspect of a college. Also, like the disciplinary action uh, mm-hmm. process of that. And um, I was like, I don't know if I'm it, but I was just kind of ready for a change. Mm-hmm. And the idea of working at a, a college seemed like a, a, a stretch for me, and I, I liked it. So said yes, uh, moved our family to upper Wisconsin, um, did that for a couple years. And then once again, Josh Beers shows mm-hmm. up in the story. And, uh, this is, this is the cool part of the whole connection. Yeah. Um, Jeff Bo, our senior pastor. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know this until this moment, but, or not uh, back at the time. He, uh, he is friends with Josh Beers. Oh, wow. And I think the connection is, um, it, it's a long story, but anyway, they're friends, and uh, when they were looking for a sports ministry pastor, mm-hmm. uh, I think you know Jeff might have had several different Put people that he was looking out, at, yeah. but the one that he was really dialed into was was Josh Beers, which 
I, I really hate to say this, but I can just tell everyone right now, he would have been so much better <laughs> than me. So we did not get the very best. He would have been it. Um, oh, but he was set where he was at. His family was at a, a point in their life where I think moving would have yeah, just not been for them. Mm-hmm. But he told Jeff, he's like, Jeff, um, there are a lot of guys that I could recommend for this job if, you, if you'd like mm-hmm. me to. But, there, mm-hmm. but there's one guy in particular that I think would be perfect for this job. Mm-hmm. Would you mind letting me put you in contact with him? Um, his name's Donnie Varney. Mm. And so that was the connection, and that put me in a phone call with Jeff Bogue. Mm-hmm. And I guess we, I, I feel like we hit it off, and we, you know, had a long, several long conversations on the phone, and then made several trips here to Akron, mm-hmm. Ohio, and met the team and the staff and the church. And um, I, you know, Becky and I loved everything mm-hmm. about it, but it did seem like a, crazy, seemingly random connection. I didn't really know that much about Akron. I knew LeBron James. I knew Goodyear. I knew the blimp. That that was literally probably about the only thing I knew. Those are some good staples to to know. And you jumped around us, right? West Virginia, Wisconsin, Michigan. You're you're dancing all around it, but finally coming into the heart of it. Yep. Um, So what was it that they told you or the vision at that point that sports ministry at Grace was aiming toward, and what were you expecting when you were looking at this position? Well, um, I think Jeff would have even described it as almost like a blank slate, mm-hmm. which um, if it was anything other than that, I don't know if it would have like uh, resonated mm-hmm. with me that much. Mm-hmm. And so I was more, and I learned several things along the way, but the thing that mattered more to me was the the big picture vision of Grace Church mm-hmm. and understanding um, Jeff's heart to, to kind of, you know, to kind of what the Apostle Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 9, almost like that whatever it takes mentality of we're going to, you know, reach people wherever they're at. Mm-hmm. And sports seems to be a really great common ground mm-hmm. place to do that. And we're just looking for somebody who could um, really work with me to create that vision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I pressed him on all sorts of things. I'm like, man, you're it seems like what you're saying is too good to be true. I don't fully know you enough yet to right. believe that you really will, you know, give the resources or the right. staff or the... To like, actually we, we, build to actually what build this. to happen, yeah. But I really felt like there was a conviction in his heart, like, no, if if we can work together and if, if we can kind of hit some of these measurements, if you will, I, it wasn't really quite mm-hmm. like that, but in some of these guardrails... Um, there's almost no limit in mind to, to where mm-hmm. we, we can take this. And so I'm like, let's do it. Yeah. Well, based on the building we're sitting in right <laughs> yeah, now, right? that has right. rung true. Yeah. So 10 years later. And yeah. it's interesting to think about anything that we may start. So if you're a listener and you're like, oh, I have a vision, I have a dream, I want a blank slate, but I would have to accomplish all this within the first 365 days or something right. like that. You might get overwhelmed by that. But just looking at the span of a decade yeah. and the fitness camp, to the soccer camp, to the tennis camp, to the whole, like the little basketball league, to the what's about to be the biggest basketball league. Um, You know, there's a patience there of doing it well and doing it right and letting God's timing play out, which, you know, sitting on the sidelines I've seen happen, but I'd love to hear some details from you, maybe some speed bumps, some things that uh, were challenging along the way Mm and how you overcame, because as an athlete, you know that that's the case, right? My ankle, it's sprained and I yeah. have to drive. My my tr- my truth teaching coach tells me I can't quit. I can't have an excuse. I've got to drive. Yeah. And also balancing that with, 
but God has this, not yeah. my performance, yep. not my abilities, but his alone through me. What's yeah. that like for you? Well, I don't know at what point it clicked for me, but I I really, truly, I, I think I come across sort of like, you know, pretty easygoing and, and, and whatnot, but deep down, I am just... I'm just so competitive mm. and like I'm very driven, but I, I try, but I'm so aware of it now. And I think I've learned because talk about speed bumps, some here at Grace, but th- I think most of them have been prior to, to this. But I kind of realized like my competitive drive is like mm. it's sort of in things that really don't matter mm. all that much. Mm-hmm. And so I think God was able to get a hold of my heart to channel that and like. towards anything that matters. Like, you know what? You can actually be an athlete. You can actually be competitive. um, And you can use all of the things that an athlete might prepare themselves for uh, in competition or in a sport to be the very best that they can be and to be driven, whether it's through success or through failure, through disappointment or through adversity or through obstacles or through challenges or through opponents Mm -hmm. or through preparation. Um, you can use all of that in like in your job, in your career, in your marriage, mm-hmm. uh, in your finances, in your whatever. Absolutely. And so for me, I've tried to take that spirit in my job and be like, you know, I might not be on the front lines because the job description, uh, I'm not able to maybe be personally fulfilled in uh, coaching all of the teams mm-hmm. or being the counselor for all of the camps or having that direct impact with the participant or the athlete or whatever it is that we're doing. But I can take something like the grace race that raises money for starving children. And I can take all of that competitive drive and be like, mm-hmm. you know what? I think this is something that would bring a smile to God's face mm. that if we're going to feed, you know, this number of kids, how great would it be if we could double that yeah. or triple that or quadruple states. that or whatever? Let's do it. And so just take it. And that's just kind of fun. And so I think that there is a lot of room to to take that, that all of the sports and athletic uh, energy and, and stuff that I've, I love, but translate it to things that really matter for the gospel. Mm-hmm. And all of that, if I could like sum up like the first Corinthians nine passage that Paul had that winner's mentality. He's like, all things to all people that by all means I might save some. Mm -hmm. So he had realistic expectations. He's like, we're not going to save them all. We're going to save some, but we're going to do whatever it takes to to do that. And, um, but yeah, Mm -hmm. but that patience that you were talking Mm -hmm. about and the quality over Mm -hmm. quantity or quality over variety, I think that's very Mm -hmm. important. Um, Jeff from day one set the probably the best guardrails he ever could have when he said we're only going to grow as big as we have qualified, trained, discipled uh, spiritual leaders, mm-hmm. and so there was never a pressure to grow mm-hmm. or to be big. He he he. I think he knew me. He was wise enough to say, Donnie, I'm pretty confident we probably could build um, the the biggest gym ever with mm-hmm. the most amount of people ever. But is that really what we'd be excited about? Or should we be excited about the volunteers and the leaders and the coaches and the mm-hmm. counselors and the fitness instructors and training them and discipling them and equipping them? Let's have that be our foundation. And to whatever extent mm-hmm. we can have that number of people, let's let that be what dictates how how big this mm-hmm. is. And so that's really the, if you want to call it that, the, 
the quality mm-hmm. aspect of it. And the sustainability. And the sustainability. Absolutely, because yeah. it takes so many people to do all this. And when yeah. you have those excited people who have seen the fruit of their labor year over year yeah. that c- keep coming back for more because they're hungry for for God's fruit and not just their own personal accolades or, you know, a team winning. It's about the kingdom winning, yes. and that's eternal, right? Yes. That's not just a day or an experience. It's it's much bigger than that. You got it. I'm sure you have so many stories that you could share from all the testimonies that you get to hear. Yeah, there's, there's uh, it's, 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 it's great. I feel just super blessed. I, I really do. Um, and it is very humbling uh to, to be in the position I am. I mean, mm-hmm. it literally was just me nine, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. We've got a, you know, a, for a, a church who's doing sports ministry, mm-hmm. we, you know, we have a, a, a large team of, mm-hmm. of people who are are carrying out this vision. And that, it's just fun to, it's very fun to be a part of it. It's not lost on me. Mm-hmm. Um, most days, I every day, I feel like, um, you know, I'm in way over my head. Mm-hmm. And I think Generally speaking, that's probably a great spot to be in. <laughs> humble. <laughs> Keeps you humble. Exactly. Yes. Well, and you've also grown your own team since you've come here. Actually, I was wondering, um, with your own family in your yeah. own household, yeah. were they have – I don't think they were born in Ohio. They would have born, been born in other states, some of them at least. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing. We we have four kids. All four of them we took um, home in a, in a different home. Wow. So we've as we've traveled, it's like it's like that's our way of of saying like <laughs> when was a, that? Oh right, this one was born. Yeah. Okay. So pre our our son, he was born here in Ohio, mm-hmm. and then um, Addie would have been in Wisconsin, and then Jane and Braille were both in West Virginia, but uh, two different spots there mm-hmm. so yeah okay yeah and their involvement they get going through all these programs that you're building as well and you like get to see that work in their own lives too yeah yeah, yeah. they're they're part of a lot of things at grace church and they've also been a part of a lot of the stuff that we've done in in sports mm-hmm. ministry and um mm-hmm. so that's definitely been a really cool mm-hmm. thing i've got to coach uh them in some of the programs mm-hmm. in this church and i've coached them outside of mm-hmm. grace church as well mm-hmm. so and becky too you know involved yeah. in in helping lead families, and the, I'm sure alone at home, the two of you together sharing thoughts and wisdom, but then also that coming out into the families that come into game day as well. I know at least one season that you guys were both sharing wisdom, and I think that's beautiful yeah. to see yeah. her skills pouring out. Oh, my word. Um, that she would. So she hasn't come up too much other than the fact of us mating and stuff like that, but she, um, she would for sure be the person who has shaped me um, the last, I mean, the second half of my mm-hmm. life, these last 20 years, on so many ways, I've learned so much from, from her. Um, the, I'm more, I, I, I'm bent more towards grace and she's mm. bent more towards truth. And mm-hmm. I, I think through the years we've like seen the value of both sides of that. But, um, she, I, she's helped me out on, on so many things. And so, and we've been in diff- a lot of different ministry contexts. So we have learned that it's okay that we don't have to, like, do everything together. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not sustainable. Like, we do have four kids, and, yeah. we have <laughs> and you might have other passions, and yeah. you might – she has an elementary education degree. Mm-hmm. We, we made a decision that we were going to homeschool our mm-hmm. kids, so she put a ton of energy in that, yeah. um, and, and she helps, you know, uh, with, like, a – homeschool group mm-hmm. and she puts a lot of energy mm-hmm. um, into that and does 
amazing things there. But she's also tied into the church a lot mm-hmm. of ways too. So yeah. So uh, with the first season of game day here at the new building coming up soon. Yep. Um, thoughts, expectation, expectations, hope, dreams. Let us get a peek into your prayer life. Like, what are you asking God for? So God usually has given me a prayer that sometimes I, there was like a whole decade in my life. The only thing I, not really the only mm-hmm. thing I prayed, but like I would pray, make me a blessing to someone today. For whatever reason, mm-hmm. I feel like the Holy Spirit gave that prayer to me that I I said it all the time. And I've realized for over the, the, the decade that I'm in now, since I've been here at Grace, I haven't been praying that. And I've wondered and I've questioned, mm-hmm. like, is it because I don't want to be a blessing mm-hmm. to someone today? And I'm like, I don't think it's that. But I've realized, like, there is a different prayer that I've prayed for a while now. And it's, I'm, I, I, I said this last time, God, please give me, and the, the times change, but it, it's something like this. God, please give me in this hour. Mm what I'm very confident could take me a thousand years on my own strength to come mm. up with. Give me the idea, give me the strategy, give me the plan, mm-hmm. give me the, 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 the verse, the, the, um, like I'm, I, in the position I'm in, I constantly do feel this enormous weight of like, where are we going? What mm-hmm. is the direction? What should, what are the expectations? There's so of many this? good options, but Lots what's of great. Options. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just very aware that in my own strength and in my own mind, if left to my own devices, I literally could spend an entire work week or an entire work year Mm. trying to like think through what is like Mm. the best thing here, this Mm -hmm. or that. And so really what I'm asking for is wisdom. But the way Mm -hmm. I pray it to to Mm -hmm. God is like, God, would you, I've got, I've got an hour here today Mm -hmm. where I'm going to, I've set aside for this. Could you please, in this hour, do for me what I know could actually take me a, a, a thousand years mm. or a hundred years or whatever the – or never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so – and I think to the extent that um, my heart is – what I'm asking for God is something that's of him and it's his leading and it's his vision and it's his what his will and his purpose. As long as that's the aim of the prayer, I – I'm just very, very confident that God, you know, mm-hmm. likes to and wants to and is, is answering that prayer. So God is for sure the one leading all of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just trying to trying to uh, go along for the ride. Trying to keep pace trying with to keep him. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like yeah. your pacer in a – he's on a bicycle, though, and you're running. Yes. <laughs> yes. His bicycle is, is uh, powered with, like, infinity. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Wow. Well, and I love hearing from our pastoral staff and these – these folks that are making these choices because um, when you learn more and more the trust and um, direct like hearing from God to create the direction that we then agree on as a church to support and build yeah. with them the more that we hear that line that's like I am asking God to give me wisdom and direction and so I'm going to then give that to you guys we're all trusting in humans here and we're all flawed. And that's, that's, I'm sure you'd be the first to admit that as well. But the more that we know that our leadership is leaning into him, that helps the entire church to get behind these massive initiatives that we're doing and, and just trusting that it could take a decade still, but like, what is God going to do? That's going to be, you know, what we would have on our own efforts had to have worked really hard, like impossibly hard to accomplish. Yeah. And that's continually true. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've, 
we've been in this building since we've expanded the floor plan. Now, this is not just a sports ministry thing. This is a community thing. This is a kid's thing. This is a family thing. This is a 24-year-old guy sweating over basketball at midnight on a Tuesday thing. Like, there's so much activity in life here. And all of that started a million, millions of years ago at the beginning of time when God planned it all, but also with you and with Jeff and, um, and your friend that made that connection point, Mm -hmm. um, to lead to all of this. So as you're thinking forward and you're thinking of our church family and anybody who might be listening to this, what would be something you'd want to leave them with? What kind of wisdom would you want to share or from your life experience, Mm. a final thought to share with them? I would just leave for my story. Um, you know, I've shared a handful of individuals, but the list is long. And I just, I, and I'm a, I think I'm a sponge. And I, Mm -hmm. for the most part, I, you know, we all have our own, like my idea or my thought or that I want to create this and do Mm -hmm. that. But if we're we're really honest, we're by God's grace, one one of, in my opinion, one of the, the, just the graces of of God for me. And I, I think it's out there a lot is just the, the wisdom of of people that are in our lives and just doing everything we we know to do to I don't know tap into that to to ask those questions and to just acknowledge it like it's I, I, some of maybe most of the the quote unquote success of our sports ministry mm-hmm. is by God's grace He's allowed me to humble myself and go with that person or that thought or, mm-hmm. or that thing. And it's usually just the wisdom and discernment of like, and the filter of mm. what it is. But like, there are, I'm surrounded by so many people who are so much better mm. at me on so many things. Mm-hmm. And that can be very intimidating. And yet you, you accept it. And it's instead of being fearful of it or resistant of it or trying to be defensive of your own insecurities, you see it as a gift from God. Mm-hmm. And you're like, it's just so thankful you get to be part of it. And that's, whether that's in your job or just mm-hmm. in life in general, you know, I'm trying the best I can to impart that with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and But we all need it. And we all should just, um, you know, my personal opinion is just receive as much as we possibly can, even if... Um, Maybe 90% of something isn't what you need, but there's 10% that is. Like, that's a gift. Be, mm-hmm. Being easily blessed, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm. is just like an, an attitude that, though I'm far from perfect at it, for mm-hmm. sure, <clears throat> it is something that I, I strive for and would, you know, would want for everyone. So I can see that. I can see this competitive nature, <clears throat> which certainly can be used for good or yeah. for evil. You see that in America, for sure. The world, certainly. But if you can take that and refine it, and not you refining it, but letting God refine it, letting those around you refine it, the lessons that we get on our weekends, on our Bible studies, on our personal devotions, letting it refine this gift of a competitive nature, a striving to have what's best and good for an eternal purpose, and let God use that to, in your humble way, say, that idea is great. We're going to go with that one. And and that you know, times a hundred and like just competitive while humble, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's Jesus, right? He can be two things simultaneously. Yeah. He, you know, there's so many things that we can learn and he, he's the only one that can do all of those simultaneously, but we can let him like through Christ, we yeah. can be, use this um, uh, competitive nature for humility. And then that is the, the great equation that leads toward 
a perfection that can only be done through God. Yeah. And so I think that that's been something in your life that I've heard is that, that moment that your mother walked up that aisle, and if I understanding correctly, she was pregnant with you when that happened. Yeah, I, I don't even know if she would remember for sure all the timing of that, but it was all within that same Yes, like the, your origin yeah. story yeah. is that. Yeah. And without that, it would have happened in some form, but like how cool yeah. that your entire life has, has spanned that and, and the lessons that she learned in your benefit now. So yeah. you're living, you know, the breaking cycles, right? Like yeah. on behalf of the entire family, which has now impacted the entire community of Grace Church and everything surrounding it. Like thanks to your mom, thanks to you for living in that as well and like letting it be your identity also and the way that you're bringing that here to our Grace Church family. Well, thanks, Audrey. That's uh, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm, I feel very uh, grateful to be part of it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, if anybody is listening to this and they resonate with any parts of Donnie's story, parts of our sports ministry, things that we're doing here in the community, we would love to hear from you. Please uh, reach out to us. We can get you in touch with either Donnie, someone on his team, or any of the volunteers here at Grace that just genuinely love this community and will literally do whatever it takes to reach them and to invite them in and help them feel comfortable here with us because that's really what we want. Thank you.